TD Asset Management welcomes you to this week's podcast. As a reminder, this podcast cannot be distributed without the prior written consent of TD Asset Management. Alternative investments have been part of TD Asset Management's offering for a number of years, starting with the in-house creation of our private debt solutions to the 2018 acquisition of Greystone Asset Management, which added real asset, commercial mortgage, and infrastructure solutions. Initially increasing vital to the investment strategy of institutional investors in Canada, think pension funds, foundations, endowments, these types of solutions are now available to be included as part of our solutions for individual investors. So hello and welcome to this week's edition of TDAM Talks. I'm your host, Ingrid McIntosh, here at TD Asset Management. And today I've got the pleasure of being joined by Jeff Tripp, Managing Director and Head of Alternative Investing here at TD Asset Management. So welcome, Jeff. Ingrid, nice to see you. Happy to be here. This is going to be a great conversation for our listeners. Um, so great to have you here. First time guest, so we'll, uh, we'll like to tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, um, history at TDAM. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I came to TDM uh, TD Bank by way of the Greystone acquisition. So that's uh, we're coming up on about five years. So time has certainly flown by. I'm commercial real estate by trade and background. So a little over 23 years in the industry. Worked for a series of different uh, asset managers over the years. Joined Greystone. I'm coming up on my 10 year anniversary of Greystone uh, TDM. So, uh, you know, have had a great run with uh, with the team and, and the group and certainly very, be, very proud to be part of uh, TDAM and, and bring the alt strategies to uh, to our, our clients and, and customers. So for the uninitiated, I want to talk about what is alternative investing and, and specifically at TDAM, because I think people have heard of alternative assets. They think of hedge funds. They think of high risk. They think of um, sort of, can you talk about um, alternative investing and specifically the types of strategies um, we offer here at TDS Management? Yeah, I think I think you, you said it there. Alternatives can mean a lot of different things to different people. And, and you know, the, the terminology that we use continues to evolve. If I reflect back to 30 plus years ago in, in the Greystone world, you know, there was a recognition that real assets in, in the case of, of where we started, it was commercial real estate. There was a recognition that that could be key element of an of a investment portfolio. And you know that's really evolved over the years to to become much more broad, but if you simplify things, you know what are real assets or alternatives, and you can use those terms um, somewhat interchangeably. It's it's an income stream from a, a real asset. It is truly a real asset. You can touch it and feel it. So think about commercial commercial buildings, office buildings, shopping centers, in the infrastructure world, ports, uh, highways, airports. Um, renewable energy sources like uh, like wind turbines and solar farms. So, from from a very simplistic perspective, real assets are real assets that you can see and touch and feel, and they're, they're part of the, the our daily lives. So it's where we live, it's where we work, it's where we shop, it's where we play. Really, the world beyond stocks and bonds. When I think about hedge funds, they're kind of a twist on stocks and bonds. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about real assets. Um, and for the longest time, only institutional investors could get access to them, right? Because you'd have to, you know, have somebody professionally investing them and creating the access. Can you talk a little bit about the evolution of investing in real assets? Yeah, I think I think that's right. And you know, again, going back 
those decades ago, it, it really was positioned for institutional investors. And it's it's important to to point out the distinction between private investments versus accessing alternatives through uh, public markets like REITs, as an example, real estate investment trusts. Individuals have been able to access those types of strategies through their their broker over the years, and that's that's not new. I think what we can bring within TDAM is a suite of solutions for private alternatives that can be accessed by um, individual investors through, you know, through various uh, various channels. So it's really evolved from what was pretty exclusively available to institutions to now be accessed by by individuals. And, you know, the, I think the the feature of that is it's it's really a diversifier for people away from just the you know 60 40 split of equities and bonds so adding these types of investments you know there's low correlation with these public instruments and it brings different attributes from a risk adjusted return perspective to uh, to portfolios and then in everyday language because they are less accessible they offer higher returns diversification benefits higher yields etc right so from a portfolio perspective it's it's a benefit, right? Yeah, that, absolutely. What real assets provide are, are income streams. So when you think about the the search for for income in a, in an environment like this, where there's volatility, real assets can bring a stabilizing influence to uh, to portfolios. And that's really at the heart, I think, of most investors' ultimate endgame, right? They're investing what they're earning today because they're trying to create that income longer in life. And that's the type of attributes pension funds look for. They look for that longevity, making sure that those assets are going to work for them for a long time. So it really is a, a tremendous benefit to um, investors across the board. Can you do um, a little bit of a deeper dive about the team, talk about how we approach alternatives? Because as I said, there's there's been lots of news um, of late, of, you know, some some companies in this field and and questions of quality. Can you talk about our approach and, yeah. and a little bit about the team? Yeah, so we're about 80 people strong now, and we've got on the ground presence in um, a number of cities across Canada. Uh, so we've got folks in Winnipeg, that's where our, our mortgage team is based. Toronto, of course, Vancouver and Regina, big a big presence there from the uh, the legacy uh, Greystone. Um, we've got uh, a couple people on the ground in London, UK. You know, we'll continue to grow that presence there over time. We're we're an integrated team. So when I say integrated, you know, there's certainly pe- people are specialized in their area of, of of expertise and responsibility, but we function as one team. And what that means is, you know, there's a there's a sharing of of ideas. Um, there's knowledge that flows across the team. We we've got relationships that we've developed in in one part of the business that we've been able to translate to other parts of the business. So an example would be a group that came in as a borrower in our commercial mortgage business. We've been able to do other types of uh, transactions and deals with them in our our infrastructure business or our real estate uh, business. So that integration I think has really paid huge dividends. The the strategies within our alts uh, platform just sort of clarify for for our listeners, we've got private debt, which has been part of the TDAM world for uh, for a number of years pre Greystone. When Greystone was acquired by by the bank, we we brought global infrastructure, 
uh, we've got global real estate, Canadian real estate, and commercial mortgages. So the leadership of those teams um, comprise our investment committee. Um, you know, we've got seasoned um, industry veterans in, in each of those areas. So Tom Harder leads our commercial mortgage business um, out of Winnipeg. Uh, Jeff Moulin leads uh, global infrastructure. So Jeff's, um, you know, a, an industry vet in the, uh, in the infrastructure business. Colin Lynch, who, um, you know, I think a lot of our listeners will have encountered over, uh, over, over the years. He leads our global real estate. So that's um, international real estate and Canada. And um, the private credit team is led by Bruce McKinnon and Louis Blanchet. So, you know, a, a diverse but very experienced, strong group of, of leaders of those teams. You talk about tenure in the space. So TD Asset Management, um, we have close to $40 billion. And I think that scale is really, really important because not just any investment team can go out and access these investments, right? It takes relationships, et cetera. Can you talk a little bit about maybe even some of the types of investments you've been making lately? I know you were on a recent trip with our CIO, uh, Dave Sykes. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned you mentioned quality too. Um, and some of the things that you're seeing in the media around um, maybe stress in private credit or commercial mortgages. You know, those are very different strategies than, than what we run here within TDAM. We think about high quality diversified portfolios. These are core, core plus strategies. And, and what I mean by that is we have, you know, high quality assets within these, within these portfolios. So, you know, example would be an, an ownership in the Royal York Hotel. Uh, as an example, that's included in our our, um, our Canadian real estate strategy. You know, you talked about uh, a trip abroad to to see some of our uh, infrastructure assets. So not too long ago, we acquired a, an interest in a port that's in uh, in the Netherlands between sort of Rotterda- Rotterdam and Antwerp. I think I need to go do a due diligence I, on that I, property. I, with I, you. Would, yeah. I would encourage yeah. you to do that. It's yeah. very very interesting. Um, so Dave, we, we were fortunate enough for um, for David to to join us, and he carved out a bit of time to uh, travel with us to um, to the Netherlands and and Sweden to see uh, some of these assets. And the the port in particular is a great encapsulation of of real assets in that it's. It's when you say infrastructure, it, it is transportation infrastructure, shipping of goods, and it's diversified. That business itself is diversified in that, you know, you've got things like pulp and paper going through there. You've got things are uh, always going to need, right? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it's and it's distributed throughout uh, um, throughout the Netherlands and uh, and Europe. So, you know, th- that was an interesting trip. We we uh, we visited a, a wind farm that that we hold as part of our infrastructure strategy. So we've got plus or minus uh, 100 wind turbines in Sweden, and we got David to to go up to the top of one of these turbines. So we've got pictures to prove it. There we go. Well, you need to uh, take so me. That's we'll, where my mother was born and raised in Sweden. So I think another reason I need to uh, go and do a trip there. That's right. That's a good view of sort of you know what we're seeing globally when we think about Canada. You know, I think about downtown Toronto and the office core. How do you see that playing out going forward? Yeah, you know, there. I think there's a distinction to be made in terms of the quality of assets. So you know, we, we our our investment thesis when we look at office is central business districts, so downtown, well well located, dense areas, on transit. Um, high quality, sustainable type of assets. So, you know, when we say sustainable, 
we, we think about, you know, not just energy efficiency, but is it a nice place to work? So, you know, right now we're in an environment where you really need to be thinking about how you attract and retain talent. So, you know, having a having an office building an environment where people want to come to work is is certainly important. It's it needs to be as accessible as you can make it. So on transit, uh, particularly, you know, being in Toronto here, we all understand, you know, what traffic looks like and what the commute looks like. So making it easier for for your people to to come to work is is important. You know, when we look at how how office is going to evolve, you know, we've got very high conviction around those high quality assets because we do think you know, the, the B and C class office um, yeah, gonna buildings will a be more. a little more, yeah. a little more challenged over time. And that really speaks to the quality bias again, you know, in a booming real estate market, all ships are lifted. Uh, whereas, and, you know, as we see the, the world changing a little bit here, that bias towards quality and the types of things that drive the most desirable office space um, are the ones that sit in the portfolio. Talk a little bit about private debt and the kind of incremental yield that investors um, can receive through investments in private debt. You know, we think traditionally in the public debt markets of government bonds, provincial bonds, corporate bonds, but incrementally private debt. Again, there's an accessibility feature that we can um, we can bring to the table, but what's the incremental yield that investors can often look at? We, we call it a, a uniqueness premium. So so these are all custom custom loans, really, yeah. So so think of a, a credit tenant lease. You've got a, uh, a building where, pick, pick a name, Amazon has a, has a long-term lease. It could be 20 years. And you would have an, an owner that owns that building. Amazon wouldn't typically own it. They would be a tenant and an occupier. And the, um, the owner of the asset wants to, wants to finance it. So our team is able to underwrite that um, that Amazon lease and, um, you know, provide debt to, to the owner of the asset. And the, the premium enhancement or the uniqueness premium, the yield enhancement, really stems from the ability to, to get your head around uh, the risk, risk return profile of, of an asset like that with a tenant like, uh, like Amazon. And then the benefit to the investor from that work is a higher return on their, um, their debt investment that they might get from a public market investment. I think that's really at the core of what we think about with alternatives. It's assessing different markets that are harder for individuals to assess having qualified teams to be able to do the work, the analysis, and have um, access to those investments, and then to be able to bring them together in a way for investors um, by embedding them in managed solutions alongside public securities, equities, fixed income derivatives, et cetera. And that really is the magic of bringing it all together. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. And and you can think of, you can think of real assets as each of them is like a little business. So, you know, you've got, you've got a, you've got a balance sheet, you've got a, a, a profit and loss, you know, income statement, you've got a management team, you've got strategy and business plan, you have capital investments. So it's, it's a very management intensive space. It's a, it's a very people intensive space. You know, there's relationships that, that are so important. So it's all very sort of bespoke and custom each of those each of those assets. So the ability to to access that, you know, requires requires yeah. skill, it requires a team, it requires an office presence sort of, you know, quote unquote boots on the ground is, is so so important. 
That's right. Yeah, that's that's terrific. And then we can bring all that to not only our institutional clients, but also to our individual investors through the managed solutions. Jeff, I always love to close things off with a lightning round, and I'm going to throw a few words or terms at you, and I want you to just give me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Inflation. Inflation. So a couple elements as it relates to real assets. Real assets do provide a partial inflation hedge. So what I mean by that is, you know, think think of rents from a real estate asset. You are able to pass on escalating rents to to occupiers over time. So you can build in annual increases in a in a rental stream. So that enables your you to to track inflation over over time and give the end investor an inflation hedge as well. That's effectively. right. Exactly. Or, you know, energy, um, energy generation or power generation, you know, you can sell that into the into the spot market and that enables you to, to pass on higher uh, costs as they as they progress. The the other side of that, though, is, you know, central banks have been hiking, hiking interest rates uh, to keep inflation under control or to get it back under control. And, you know, that does provide a, uh, or, or it results in a bit of a, a headwind to real assets in that it impacts your valuations uh, over time. So it's, it's a bit of a push pull. That's uh, a pretty with, robust with answer to a, to a lightning round. That's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. People are going to think I prepped you with these, but I didn't. Jeff, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for giving our listeners um, a sort of a touch into the world of vaults. I'd love to have you back and go a little bit uh, deeper on some of these uh, in the future. Uh, For listeners, you can find a recently published Wealth Asset Allocation Committee Perspectives on TD Asset Management site, along with more of our thought leadership. Uh, You can get all of our expertise and updates from TD Asset Management by following us on Twitter at TDM underscore Canada and on LinkedIn at TD Asset Management. Jeff, thanks so much. Thanks, Ingrid. To our listeners, stay safe out there. The information contained herein has been provided by TD Asset Management and is for information purposes only. The information has been drawn from sources believed to be reliable. The information does not provide financial, legal, tax or investment advice. Particular investment, tax or trading strategies should be evaluated relative to each individual's objectives and risk tolerance. Certain statements in this podcast may contain forward-looking statements that are predictive in nature and may include words such as expects, anticipates, intends, believes, estimates and similar forward-looking expressions or negative versions thereof. Forward-looking statements are based on current expectations and projections about future general economic, political and relevant market factors such as interest and foreign exchange rates, equity and capital markets, the general business environment, assuming no changes to tax or other laws or government regulation or catastrophic events. Expectations and projections about future events are inherently subject to risks and uncertainties, which may be unforeseeable. Such expectations and projections may be incorrect in the future. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of future performance. Actual events could differ materially from those expressed or implied in any forward-looking statement. A number of important factors, including those factors set out above, can contribute to these digressions. You should avoid placing any reliance on forward-looking statements. TD Asset Management Inc. is a wholly owned subsidiary of the Toronto Dominion Bank. TD Asset Management operates through TD Asset Management Inc. in Canada and through Epic Investment Partners Inc. in the United States. TD Greystone Asset Management represents Greystone Managed Investment Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Greystone Capital Management Inc. All entities are affiliates and wholly owned subsidiaries of the Toronto Dominion Bank.